Well, hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the podcast from the RPG Academy where we bring on a guest and we talk about something cool. And today, something cool is the D&D actual play podcast, God's Fall. So if you're one of the few people out there that don't know what this is, you're in luck because I brought on the GM, the writer, and the producer of that podcast onto the show to tell us all about it. So, Aram, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. You know what? My players are lazy. I should give them some of those jobs. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have been working. I have two of my players that have both agreed in principle to do editing for me. (laughs) It's been months and nothing has happened. All right. I can get one of them to track my initiative. That is pretty much all I can task (laughs) to them. Well, you know, baby steps, right? Baby steps. Mm -hmm. All right. So if if you, again, if you're one of the few people out there that don't know what this is, it's a fairly new, you're only about 13, 14 episodes in, uh, but it's been a very extremely popular show. It's getting a lot of praise and and rightfully so. Um, So we just want to talk a little bit about it. Maybe give some insight into the technical side about how you went about putting a podcast together and then talk about just the actual running of the game from the GM standpoint and then anything else that you want to share. So I'll turn it turn over to you for first. So just tell us a little bit about like when you explain it to someone who doesn't know, how Ah. how do you explain God's fall? What what is it in your words? You know, when I was home, actually, uh, all my relatives were like, so this D&D podcast, God's Fall, like, how would you explain it to someone who doesn't play D&D? What would you say? And I was like, I guess I'd say unlistenable. You know, that would be, that would be what I'd say. I mean, uh, as, as far as why, I mean, to other D&D people, the reason why I made this game was because I was frustrated. I had played several D&D games, and I'd always found that the mechanics of magic were frustrating because in a world where... There was magical everything, where there were teleportation circles, where there were flying ships, yet they never got out of, like, the the uh, swords and shields in 1400s. Technology hadn't been affected, hadn't transformed the world. Eberron did a little bit of that, but I wasn't, I don't know, I just I just wanted to kind of blow it all up and do it myself. So I did, I blew it all up, I killed all the gods, I, I wrote a bunch of gods and then killed all of them, and then ended up with the world we have. Okay, excellent. So this is a homebrew world that you have mm-hmm. created. Now, so your history, have you been, always been a gamer? I mean, did you start with a red box or, you know, like, well, oh, yeah. what's your history with gaming? Absolutely. Um, there was a, a friend of mine, Lindsay, who, uh, when I was like five, I think he was babysitting my, uh, my brother and I, and he just wanted something to occupy us. So he pulled out the red box and we just went, you know, and I remember, I remember from early on, being able to play one character and then immediately wanting to play another one and wanting to know all the mechanics. And by the time we came back for the second game, I had already like delved into the rules and figured out how to spell a cast. And he was not prepared. Like he was not ready for me coming back with my three characters and ready to go. And I, and I think right then, even though I played for a while after, I think right then I knew I wanted to be a DM. Like if I look back on it, that's what interested me. The world, the building, the character creation, you know, that's what really drew me in. I wasn't good at it though. Well, <laughs> terrible at it. <laughs> well, I, I've equated before that being a DM the first time is a lot like sex, is that it's not going to be very good. There's probably going to be a lot of crying and apologizing. Mm-hmm. But if you keep at it, eventually you will get better at it and it will become one of the greatest things in the world. Hopefully you will. Some people that doesn't always work out for. <laughs> that, Fortunately with me, it did. But that is that is true. Yeah. So where do you say, where do you think you fall on the scope of being a GM? Um, story side, crunch side, both? Do you worry about encounter balance? Oh, story side. Oh, God, no. I mean, look, this is the biggest 
secret. There's two big DM secrets about me. One, I DM so I get to play every turn. That's my biggest one. Two, I have no clue. If you listen to our podcast, I've actually had to introduce a system of bells and buzzers because I get the rules wrong all the time. And I needed a way to inform the audience that, no, 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 we do know what we're doing a little bit. But no, I don't check encounter ratings. I get things wrong all the time. In fact, in this next podcast, there's going to be a dragon turtle introduced into my third level you know, group. So you know, I don't, you know, I just, I just assume they can handle it. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. If, if it's a living, vibrant world, there's going to be challenges that the characters aren't ready for. And exactly. they need to know that sometimes you have to run away. Exactly. I do want to say that's actually one of my favorite things about your podcast, uh, which we're going to get into a lot about the audio because that's a big component to your podcast. Uh, but the bells and whistles. And I have stolen it from you whole cloth. Good. Except the one thing that I do, and it's not that we get the rules any closer right than, than you. I'm, I'm the same way. But rather than um, bell and whistle when we talk about rules, I do it like in game. So like if a character says something that's clearly dumb, I'll put a buzzer in there now. That's excellent. <laughs> just because I think that's it's hilarious. Excellent. So I am absolutely using audio now just for Bell Brooks bits. Like that yeah. is that is all I'm doing. You know, someone asked me if there was if if we did those live. Ah. Right? And I was I was I was like, no, but it is really amusing to think that there's some dude like right <laughs> off to my side belling buzzing it's us like whenever a we get something wrong. Foley artist in like, you know, the Captain America Adventure Hour. That would be amazing. Boot sounds. <laughs> Uh, but one of my favorite ones in one of our recent episodes is uh, my, one of my characters throw, throws a net and misses terribly. So I'll put in a sound of like a breaking glass and a cat going, meow. I mean, just, that's the stupid stuff that I do with it. So anyway, that's perfect. it's a lot of fun. Okay, so let's take a step back. So obviously sure. you've been a DM for a long time. You, that's what yes. you want to do. Uh, were you already running a game or this game? So where did the I want to make a podcast come out of I want to DM? That's interesting, actually. So... I've been working on God's Fall for about three, as a rough outline for about three years. I had the idea. I knew I wanted to do something with it, but I didn't know what. And this was before the five-year rules came out. I didn't like the four-year rules. I, I, I considered writing my own system for a while, and that would have been a disaster. So I'm glad I didn't. But once the five-year rules came out, that really kicked it into gear. I found a system that really seemed to mesh well with the kind of storytelling I wanted to attempt. But I didn't know the rules. So I started listening to other D&D podcasts, especially the actual a play ones, because I, I figured that would be a really good way to learn the rules. And while I found some that I thought were, I never really felt that the editing was there. I, I, I come from an editing background. I, I'm a, a videographer. And I got a little frustrated because I felt like this could be pared down more. So I had no intention of doing a podcast whatsoever. But once I started listening to the DMs block, and hearing how they edited it down and how they had topics. And it just kind of gave me an idea that, okay, I could do this. I could make this. And then it was just, you know, basically because I thought I could. That was the only reason. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. We're in the Wild West of the podcast era where everybody with a microphone and a laptop can make their own podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, I've become a bit of an audio elitist. Which I, every now and then I'll go back and I'll listen to our first couple episodes just to humble me because, oh God, I don't even know why some of the people put up with it. But, it's, a learning but I, ex it, it's a learning ex experience. You have to make those initial mistakes. You have to see, and you have to know, you have to hear something bad or at least not as good to know what good is, right? You know? No, and again, and to anybody out there who's thinking about doing a podcast, um, we'll just talk shop for a second. You need to edit. Yes. Even if you're doing an actual play, 
uh, or if you're doing discussion rules, you need to need to edit at least somewhat because that is absolutely the number one thing. Because I I check out a lot of podcasts. I I dabble mm-hmm. in just about everything. Someone's I sees a tweet or something, I'll go listen to an episode. Absolutely. And then the number one thing that I, turns me off is lack of editing. Yes. And uh, you know if you're interesting, if you're funny, or, or hopefully both, I'll probably come back later because I know you'll figure it out just like everyone else does. But if you're flipping through a book for five minutes and I hear the pages turning, I'm done. Yeah. So again, yeah. go back to some of my early episodes. You that is there. I understand that, but we got past that, and you know, take that as a lesson learned. People don't want to hear those things. If you have the kids upstairs crying, I have two kids. Sometimes they go crazy. I edit yeah. that out as best I can. So I'll get off my soapbox there. We get a siren once in a while. I can't do anything about that living in DC, but I will stop the game. I'll be like, okay, hang on. <laughs> you know, yeah, you do. You just do what you have to. <laughs> So, so this is a homebrew world. Now, uh, do you have any inspiration? Like, would you, how would you relate it to someone? Like, is it like based on Greek Roman mythology, Vikings, Norse? You know, I mean, actually, one of the funniest tweets I saw this week is a guy was like, I'm writing my campaign. I thought I was ripping off God's Fall, and then I realized we're both just ripping off Dragonlance. You know, so, <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of influences. I mean, none of my ideas, I'm going to claim, are original. These are all piecemealed from everything. I mean, my influences, uh, modern would be, you know, there's a little bit of, of, uh, Game of Thrones when we're, you know, doing the political stuff we're doing in Ani. There's a lot of Dragonlance. There's uh, some Labyrinth. There's, I mean, is there anything I watched as a kid that had like a green monster in the back background? That's probably in here, you know, a little bit. Uh, again, no, well, I won't say no DM. Any DM that I've ever played with, you're stealing something. Yes. And hopefully you're changing it enough that it's not obvious where you're stealing it from. Yeah. But absolutely. And, and which is another reason why, like for, for me personally, I, we started doing the podcast. You know, we had our own reasons as well. Uh, but I would listen to other people DM and I would still, because m- none of my players listen, I could literally run the same campaign someone else was running on a podcast and no one would ever know. No, no, no. And so I was, I was stealing from like several different podcasts and putting things together and, and I thought it worked out very well. So don't have any shame of stealing, you know, it, everyone does. Everyone does it. There's like five original stories and then everything else is just theft. You know? So in, in the game itself, uh, one of the things that I found very interesting about the way that you did yours is you introduced each of the characters separately and in hindsight, genius move. So where did that come from? I mean, again, are you still happy you did it? If you, oh, if yeah. you like, eventually, if this game falls apart and you you do God's Fall two, is that something you're going to do again? And is there a reason why you chose to do it? And and what advice would you give to someone else, whether it's podcast or just a new campaign? How do you think that affected the game? Every single campaign I do from now on is going to have what I call the preludes. Every character does a little one on one. I actually got that idea from uh, Michael who plays Zion in our game. He ran a game before this, a Vampire the Masquerade campaign. And that prelude mechanic is kind of built in to it because you play out becoming a vamp, a vampire. So every, every single piece he does a one-on-one, right? So I wanted, and the other thing about uh, some of the podcasts I've been hearing is that you just kind of jump into it and they said, okay, I'm this guy, I'm that guy. There's some character creation, but you never really get an idea of who that character is. So I thought, Let's, you know, test the audience. I mean, I had no audience, so it didn't really matter. Like, I could do it if I wanted. I could throw it up against the wall. No one listened. Well, they weren't listening before. And I knew that 
if they could, if they liked it and they heard them, that they would connect more with those characters. And even if they just jumped in on episode six, they could always come back and get the origin stories. So that was the initial uh, impetus behind it. Okay. And again, so I think the first, because the very first episode is you. Just me talking. Yeah. Going over the, <laughs> the history, of the, as, as you said, all the gods you created and then promptly murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first. Is that episode zero or one? That is episode one. Episode zero is literally like three minutes of me going, no one is listening. I just need to be able to hit up on iTunes. So that's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have actually missed that one then because I, I don't remember that. And no. then you have uh, five players. So episodes mm-hmm. two through five are the character introductions exactly and then episode six would be uh, or seven is it six or no seven? no no it's episode six because it's a uh, one is the uh history two through five are our character intros six is the gang's all here okay you know? so yeah. and you know I've, i'm on reddit probably more than i should be as are you i see you on there quite frequently yeah and there was some chatter like you know it, obviously anytime someone says can you recommend a podcast i'm quick to say yeah mine yeah I try to throw some other people occasionally, but mine's always going to be first. Of course. But I saw some people that, like when your podcast came up, there were quite a few people who said, just skip to episode six. That's where mm-hmm. the gang's all there. Yeah. Um, I, so I can see that going both ways. I mean, obviously Absolutely. you have a ton of fans. They, they love it. So maybe start at six, see if this is a podcast for you. And if it is, then go back and listen to the introductions or start with the introductions and see if you connect with the characters. You know, obviously that's the great thing about podcasts. You listen for 10 minutes and then you can either move on or you can download 200 plus episodes or whatever. Exactly. And also I always do a a, a recap in front of each of the episodes. If if you do jump in in episode six, you'll hear, you know, last week on and a little bit. So you can, you know, you're not going to miss anything. Right. So the players that are in the game, were they already players at your table? Because I know at least the second episode, it sounded like she didn't even know what she was in for. <laughs> oh, she, Kay had never played, a, she'd never played D&D before. She'd never played any role-playing game ever. It was not in her purview whatsoever. I knew she was a Game of Thrones fan, so I had a shot, but never. Uh my players, two of them I play with frequently, Doug and Michael. We have played a bunch of games together. Steven, we met because we were like, we need one more. So brand new, but he'd played a lot of D&D before. But Kate never done anything. And I think she is brilliant at it. I just absolutely love having her in the campaign. And she'll push back. She'll push back in a way that seasoned players won't. Because she doesn't necessarily, she doesn't expect a no. So she'll just always, you know, challenge me, which is excellent. Okay, and there's actually one of the questions that we got through Reddit. Hmm. It's user, it's, it's like H0KU5. So okay. I don't know if that's supposed to be something that I can't pronounce, Haku5 or something. Possibly. But there were a couple of questions. Some of them we've already touched on, but one of the things he did ask was, from your player standpoint, do you prefer a player who will push back or someone who just, we're supposed to save the princess, let's go save the princess? Oh, God, push back. Lord, it, it, not, there's no story if it's just me. If it's just me, it might as well be a book, right? I need you guys to push back. I need my players to engage with me, to challenge me, to make sure my world makes sense. Because we're playing, I get, people have called it a serious campaign. We get uh, called like, we are very serious, right? And I guess it's kind of a logically consistent world. So they need to push back on, on me. They need to make sh- to make sure that I'm keeping my own standards, that I'm keeping my own rules. So I like engaged, intelligent combative at times a players works for me i i know i uh, i try to be a very improv heavy dm mostly because i don't have time to prep like i did when i was in college 
Yeah. Uh, you know, wife, kids, actual job. Um, so sometimes I'm an improv DM just because that's easier in some ways. You get some of the best stories that way, though. Well, you get stories that you could not have created on your own. Absolutely yep. could not have. Um, you know, I could sit in, in my basement for 10 hours and I could pound out a decent story. But you add in one other person just sitting across the room and every now and then I go, so what do you think about this? They're going to give me something. I'm like, oh, yeah. And that's going to turn the story a half turn, make it so much better. And then if you have four or five people that are working together, I mean, and it doesn't always yes. work. And sometimes right. you got player styles and personality. But if everybody's on board, if everybody's there to create a great story, you're going to get a great story. May not be listenable to. No. But at that table, you are going to have a great story that you will talk about for years and years. And really, that's what we're after. The podcast is secondary. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. The podcast is secondary. I, I do have to consider it now as an, an audience because it became a thing, right? But you're right. You have a responsibility to those people at that table. That is your primary goal. And everything else has to just kind of fall to the wayside. But absolutely. Yeah. So when you actually guys are playing, like, uh, do you guys play every week? Is it like a Saturday, an all-day thing? We try to play every every Sunday. We have tough schedules, so it doesn't always work out. But we play every uh, we we try and play every Sunday. Meet up around noon. Usually end around six. About an hour of dicking around in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say about I would say we get, we play for five solid hours, and then we cut. I'd say I, I get about a podcast and maybe a half out of that. So that was one of my questions. I know that like uh, I can normally when I edit a podcast, let's say it's an hour and a half because I try to keep my episodes near an hour like that. Sure. For me, that just makes sense. That's mine as well, actually. Yeah. When I listen to them, that's what I lo- what I like. Mm-hmm. If they're like 30 to 45 minutes, I actually think that's too short. And I've seen yes. some that are like two to four hours and I just can't stay focused that long. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got my, my daily commute to work and I need something that fits about that time. Right. Uh, so that's what I do. But I, I can usually cut out about a third. So if mm-hmm. I start with an hour and a half, I'm going to get about an hour solid, which I don't cut out as much as you, I don't think. So I, I was curious, how yeah. much do you actually get like out of a out of a session? Five hours of actual audio, that's going to be about an hour and a half of actual podcast audio? Uh, probably, actually, well, I mean, yeah, maybe if I'm lucky, but about an hour and a half. Yeah, that's what. But I also do voiceovers and I add in other audio afterwards. A lot of times I will go and re-record my lengthy descriptions because I'll miss a little detail, didn't quite sound right, didn't quite pace right. So I'll go back and re-record at least 10 to 15 minutes of extra audio that then gets weaved back into it as well. So maybe out of four hours, I'll get 45 minutes and then I'll add in another fifth, you know, 15 of just talking or sound effects. Okay. And then that, again, I wanted to get into that part of the, the audio part. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you edit, are you mostly editing just to cut out the dick jokes? The good ones you keep in because they're funny, yes. but, but yes. you know, there's a, there's a rule of how many dick jokes are funny till they get funny again. Absolutely. So is it, the, is that what you're cutting out? Or is it like if, um, if a character goes off on a tangent rules, discussions, like what are, what are you mostly cutting out content or like downtime? I, you know, it's mostly downtime, but I will cut whole damn sections. I mean, if the, if the characters are, are just meandering, in a courtyard or if there's a secondary character that doesn't really matter that ends up not mattering for the whole story so what you're getting in the podcast isn't everything i'd say you're getting about 80 percent. you're getting all the core meat of the of the story but i will chop out a whole half hour if i don't feel like it matters if it doesn't add to the narrative or even if we've covered something 
and then we're just recovering it by hitting up another NPC or having another event gone. I'll just chop the whole thing out. So it really does depend. I just, I'm just hearing it. I'm, I'm, I'm used to pacing out a story and I'll just, I'll sacrifice whatever I have to get that story better paced. I'm going to say that's like an advanced technique. I don't know in the, in the world if it is, but in, in my experience, because the, the majority of the editing that I do and what I, what I listen to is it's more just cutting out the ums and the ahs and the rules right. look up and the dogs barking. Every now and then you'll cut out, uh, like you said, like if it gets redundant, like if you, you know, if you're spending 15 minutes trying to figure out the riddle and halfway through somebody goes, I think it's wind and no one listens. And at the end of 15 minutes, someone goes, didn't you say wind earlier? You're going to get, isn't it wind? Yes, it right. is. Move on. You're going to cut <laughs> yeah. out 12 minutes in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but I think for most people, even a, an edited podcast, it's still a rough draft of yeah. a story that's being written yes. at the table. Sounds to me like you're putting out like a second draft. You're actually going in and, and editing the content, tightening it up, especially with the voiceovers. I didn't I didn't realize that you were doing that. That can very drastically change and and help because there's so many times that I'll go back and listen and go, oh, I screwed that up or I left mm -hmm. out a detail. Um, yep. So I think that's very interesting that you do that. Has anyone called you on it yet? Like somebody going, hey, that audio didn't match up, or do you think it's pretty seamless? You know, no one's called me on it. I mean, I can hear it, so I'm sure that other people can hear it too. I just think that because, well, our audio kind of shifts a lot. At least it does in the earlier ones. What In the new audio rig we're using, everyone's on a stereo lav mic feeding into one system. So it's a very nice setup and sounds a lot better. But I mean, we had mics all over, so I'm not sure if, if people noticed. What people did notice, though, is that I cut things out. And while most people are happy, a couple people are like, I wish you'd leave more in. So it's always a balance. I'm never, you know, you never quite hit. And then some people are thrilled and say you could trim it down more. So you never really, I just, I, I, I can only edit for my own ear, you know? No, and absolutely. And that, that's, well, that's good information or good advice for any sort of creative work, painters, writer, poet. At the end of the day, it's for you, mm -hmm. and you hope you have an audience that appreciates it. If you try to always do what your audience says, your audience changes. All the time. Your audience is a parade that's walking by, so if you make too many changes for who's in front of you at the moment, you might be losing the people behind them or yourself. So that's exactly. Michael's sappy soapbox moment. It's truth, though. It's absolute truth. You have to do it for you. And I'll tell you what, I would. I would put 15 to 20 hours in every damn podcast just for me so that in 10 years I can be like, oh, you know, but I love the fact that we have an audience. Do not get me wrong. It's thrilling. It really is. Uh, it, it, absolutely. Again, I, I, I say that I would do this anyway, and I kind of feel like I would, but there is a, a part of me that's like, it's easier knowing that we have an audience and we don't have Absolutely. the audience that you have, but it's still like every, every time I get a new iTunes review or I just, even just a comment on Twitter, like, Hey, I like that episode. That makes my day. It, 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 people don't know. People have no idea. Like, like uh, I will get back from lunch and there'll be, uh, there'll be something on our Facebook wall or there'll be a Twitter message or there'll be an iTunes review and people just, it's so lifting. It's so energizing and amazing. And just to know that there's like when the best thing I hear is when people tell me it's inspired them to write their own campaign. Oh, I just melt. It's the best. It's the absolute best. And if anytime we get one of those, it's amazing. And people are like, oh, I don't know how to support the show. Just tell us you like it. I swear to God, it's all you have to do. hundred percent agree with that. Like, you know, a, a lot of us have started doing the Patreon thing or you can sure. do donations and I have an Amazon link. If you go buy, you can buy literally anything. If you go through my website, we get a small percentage. I love Absolutely. that. It makes me happy. 
But reading an iTunes review is in a lot of ways better than that, you know, because it's it's just immediate and it's honest. And even honest, even if it's critical feedback, sometimes someone yeah. says, I really didn't like that part. Or I didn't understand that part. That at least lets me know that you listened and it had an effect on you and you you kind of thought it through. That means a lot. So not just for myself here, but for, for uh, God's Fall as well. If you listen to it and you like them, send them a tweet, send them a message, send them an email. Just say, hey, I, you know, I listen to this every day on my commute. It means a lot. You have no idea how much that means to us. <laughs> it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And it will lift my whole day. No matter what I'm doing, whether I'm, you know, if I'm editing the podcast, if I'm doing my normal work, it lifts your whole day. People love to hear that what they love and have put out there is being appreciated. Absolutely. So now you mentioned earlier that you do, uh, you're a freelance videographer. <laughs> so obviously you had some, some background and knowledge coming into this, you know. And the equipment, which is the most important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Equipment choices uh, can have an impact. So obviously you had some skill going into this already, but you were telling me before we started recording, you know, you put hours and hours and hours into every single episode, much, much, much more than most people that I know and myself included. So what exactly are you doing with those hours? Like what, what is, I mean, obviously you already said you cut out, but is it the time consumption of, of editing with that scalpel? Is it the voiceovers? Is it the Foley work? Is it the, like, I know BattleBards is giving you some S sound effects as well. Oh, they're amazing. I, yeah. I, again, I listen to yours and I'm like, oh, he's so much better at that than I am. <laughs> well, I've had, I've had seven years of, of editing experience. So that definitely helps, you know, but I would say the majority is the cutting. That takes the most time, just chopping everything up and getting it down. And then I'll go back through. And once I have everything chopped down, I'll start layering in sound effects and everything. And then once I've layered in those, I'll listen to it, hear what I don't like. I'll make larger cuts and I'll do voiceovers. So that I would say the longest procedure is the cutting, followed by the voiceover work. Slapping in sound effects and music is easy. It's just, I mean, I can just hear it. I know where I want to fill the silence and I just toss them in. So that doesn't, that really takes maybe an hour for all of them. Okay. And then how far ahead are you, are you in the story and how far ahead are you are on like podcast audio? Not far enough. I am exactly maybe two shows ahead on audio and I haven't finished this week's edit. So that tells you, yeah, we don't, I, I, I was dumb. When I launched this, I should have had the whole first season edited or at least half of a season. And I didn't because I didn't think it was going to be popular. I didn't think we were going to have an audience. I thought I would be able to put out maybe an episode every other week and it, and it wouldn't matter because I didn't know if there was going to be, a, you know, a, you know, an audience. And then there was almost immediately an audience and they were like, when's the next one? When's the next one? So they're like, oh, we'll do weekly. And then I was like, that's actually a lot of work. So I kind of trapped myself. We're going to take a little bit of a break after season one to get caught up. And then we should be good after that. Yeah, we uh, we kind of stole that from Cthulhu and Friends um, as well. Mm -hmm. They do theirs in seasons. Oh, they're amazing, by the way. I love Cthulhu and Friends. They're one of my favorites. They they actually edit, which is nice. You oh, know? yeah, absolutely. They're, they're mm -hmm. one of the first that I started listening to that you could, I mean, not only do they edit, but they also not only just do like, they don't necessarily like Foley work, but they do like mood music and theme totally. music. Um, and it, it definitely enhances their their product, and they do that in seasons as well. Mm -hmm. So we've we've started doing that, and we still screwed it up. Like our our most recent one is Dead Center, which we've got a lot of positive feedback. People really like it. Uh, we're we're putting the sound effects in. This is probably one of our yeah. most edited. And just summer happened, and 
I cannot get a game scheduled. Like literally, no, it's, impossible, it's been right? two or three months, and I I don't know when the next episode is going to come out. So we've actually switched on our show. We're going to start doing a bunch of one shots just to give me content to fill in That's until cool. we get back to some of our more long-term, you know, not necessarily dramatic because ours are stupid, silly. We lean towards the stupid, silly things. Uh, silly, but- not stupid. Nothing is dumb. If people enjoy something, <laughs> it's not dumb. It can be humorous. It can be light. It can be effort, effort but it's not, it's not stupid. You know what I mean? I- I'll take well, that compliment. I have a question for your one shots. Do you write them or do you run modules or is it a mix of both? It's a bit of a mix of both. Again, and we've just kind of started doing that. So far, we've done three. I ran one, and it was just a homebrew. I just kind of made it up, honestly, almost on the spot. And and you will tell, uh, it was not very good. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. We we were laughing at the table. I don't know if anyone will listen to it. Will find it funny, but we found it funny. But it wasn't as prepped as much as it should have been. And then some of my players have been running them as well. So one of them was from Horde of the Dragon Queen. Yeah. Or no, no, sorry. Prince of the Apocalypse. Uh, okay. we, d- we just did like a, a small section of it uh, that was like, my only rule is it has to be a one shot. It has to be done that night because I don't want to have another situation where next week somebody can't show up and we're in the same boat. So right. I'm like, we have to finish at least some sort of story. And then another guy ran a Savage Worlds Ghostbusters episode, which... Oh, that's cool. I cannot wait to get that edited. And we're going to do the whole sound effects. There's going to be like Slimer noises, uh, Proton Pack noises. I'm going to steal shit from the internet. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, so we're doing some of the one shots to fill in. So that could be something for you as well in between seasons so that, you know, you don't want to go too long without anything. Oh, do I have a plan in between seasons? Hang on. Okay. Okay, So you want a little bit of four uh, shadowing at the end of season one. It looks like Doro's ability. Well, all my characters have superpowers attached onto, you know, on top of the D and D template. They are attached to the old gods. Therefore, they are attached to a power structure. And Doro's is the god of travel. Right now, he can teleport. That's going to be, that's going to keep expanding and it's going to flux at the end of season one. And Doro is going to leave our temporal universe and he's going to appear in other ones, aka like a, a kind of a sliders thing. So he's going to pop into a couple podcasts we guys love, you know, that we love, uh, you know, that are going to team with us. And he's going to join their cast for like a game and then slide out and jump into another universe and slide out and then eventually make his way back home to us. So that's how we're going to have him occupying himself during our break. That is amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. That That is I get almost speechless, dude. That is so freaking cool. I can't wait. I can't wait I for know. that. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. When do you anticipate season one wrapping up? Your episode 13's out, 14's on the way. Is it mm-hmm. going to be 18, 28? Like, where are you looking for the break? I mean, I think I, I, I was planning these about 10 episodes per season half. So maybe, but I got 11 last time and I think I might get 11 or 12. So, I mean, kind of like how a television show runs, somewhere between 20 and 24 episodes per season. This is how I see them laying out. Okay. And then you, and I'm kind of jumping around here, but you've obviously sure. spent a lot of time working on this world before you ever, you know, put dice to table. So I anticipate that if one of your characters were to meet an untimely end, or let's say, unfortunately, a player moves away, gets a job, the story can continue. Absolutely. Okay. So that's not a situation where if Doro, because I know he's the fan favorite. Yes, he is. So if, if he goes to another podcast and never returns, yeah. the story will continue. 
well, he's my roommate, so I kill him. But other, <laughs> otherwise than that, yeah, no, this, the, um, one of the things I like about what I'm doing here is that because there are 37 old gods and because each of the characters is attached to one of these gods, I have unlimited, well, not unlimited, but I have a ton of, N of NPCs and players I can write in any time. It's just one more player attached to one more god. So it really gives me the freedom to kind of play with it more. You know, and also the f the freedom to play with what death means to these characters, because it's not the same as a mortal. We haven't gotten there yet, but there's different rules, you know. And I, I actually had a vision there of how what they're doing with The Walking Dead, is you could do, like, the other cast in the same world, that kind of thing. So definitely got some room to play with. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you're also doing uh, that I've seen on your website, and, and that's, again, that's godsfall.com, if anyone didn't know, and we will... Everything will be in the show notes when we get to that part. Can you believe no one had that URL? I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, <laughs> how did someone not buy that? You didn't even have to get God's Fall 12 or anything. No, you, it was just <laughs> godsfall.com. I was like, what movie studio passed up on that, man? <laughs> so you are actually putting together some content, uh, like a player's guide and a world's guide to your campaign. So if somebody wants to play in your world, they have some official content. Now, I, I haven't had a, a chance to go through this fully. Is this something you're going to be make freely available? Is it something you're going to look at maybe kickstarting and, and purchasing? Like, what's the distribution model? look like i'm definitely going to do some sort of funding because i got to pay the artist uh there are two artists that i really want to use one to do the cover and a couple inside pieces and then one of uh, francisco manzo who has already done some character portraits for us that you can see on the website so i, I and i want to pay those i i want to pay them artists do amazing work they should get paid for their work so that's where all the money is going to go to paying the artist after that the book's free i'm giving away free to every to everyone. I want as many people playing in this campaign as possible. I'm going to print up some physical ones that people can buy if they want, but for the most, but I'm just going to give it away free as a PDF because I, I'm not looking to make a buck off it. I'm looking to pay for the show and keep it going and get as many people involved as possible. And I, I mean, maybe further down the road, we'll do other books. Maybe we'll charge for, you know, for those books. But as far as the core ones, have it, please least i can do thank you for listening here's a book you know so so what's the timetable on that when do you expect to have something oh, ready god i have no idea <laughs> I, I, I would like i'd like to have it done by season two i mean i've never made a book i have no idea so hopefully we'll see you know sometime in season two i'm thinking tba T yeah. tba on that one yeah all right so so obviously the podcast is continuing great success people are, are really enjoying it so what is next from you? Are you just going to continue this? Do you want to maybe add a second podcast? Like I just oh, long term, like what are you thinking you're going to be able to do with this? I mean, obviously this is a creative endeavor for you. It's very popular. Um, you know, what do you see yourself doing in two years? Just still the same thing? Or do you have some big grand plans? I got six or seven seasons written. I mean, as far as arcs, I learned a long time ago because the two D&D camp campaigns before this one were spec spectacular failures. I mean, just, I, it had been 10 years before I even tried to DM since my last one. It was so bad. But I learned that you can't underwrite, but if you overwrite, it'll also kill you because you just can't expect what characters are going to do. So I learned to just make a bunch of NPCs that have impact on your world and write arcs 
for all those NPCs. And they will continue on these arcs as time passes unless they're interfered with or unless something happens or unless, and then you can just adapt everyone and change them around. And that's the only way to write something large like this, something that is a whole world that's living and breathing and will interact. It's, it's not like, otherwise your characters just show up and it's like, and start the scene. You know, it's like, it, it doesn't feel like there's any life there behind it when they're not there. Well, it's like a video game. You walk into the shop and the shopkeeper says, would you like to buy armor? You walk outside, you walk back in. Would you like to buy armor? Right. That's exactly what I'm trying to avoid. That's some of the advice that we've given um, several times. We, we talked about railroading on here because I actually mm-hmm. think railroading gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. I actually think what I, what I think is that people use railroading to say something that isn't railroading, but I'm right. getting off. But essentially, the advice that I give to someone out there who's thinking about making their own game is populate your world with interesting NPCs, know what their motivations are, know what their resources are, and pretend that your players aren't involved. What are they going to do? Exactly. And then once your players get involved, how do they react to that? You know, it's just like Doctor Doom wants to take over the world, but the Fantastic Four keeps stopping him. Right. And they keep making terrible movies about it. Right. So right. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> Although the new one looks promising. It does look promising. I was not on board at all until I saw the image of the thing dropping out of the helicopter. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll give this one a shot now. It's kind of the year of big things dropping out of helicopters. Happened in Terminator. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, once something works, everybody goes sticks to, sticks with it. Uh, but yeah, but that, that's the same thing. If you're going to be an improv-heavy DM, you still need to write. You still need to plan. But the planning isn't necessarily that, hey, they're going to fight a dragon turtle tonight, though sometimes it is. No, sometimes it is. But it's more like, why is the dragon turtle there? What's right. what's it's or you know what's it doing? Why is it right. doing it? And if the PCs interact with it, how is it going to respond? And then it's just back and forth. Yeah, I have a guy who wants to rob a bank. The PCs happen to be in the bank that day. They're going yep. to stop it. Well, now he's mad. If they don't kill him, does he want revenge? Right. If they kill him, who was he working for? Who now wants revenge? So it just keeps. And again, it can get dumb and cliche. I mean, we're not talking like well, sure. Shakespeare here, right? Uh, you know, it can it can be as simple as the you know the mobster wants to bring in drugs into the city. I mean, Daredevil was an amazing show, but it was yes. a pretty simple premise, except for Very the blind. Right, exactly. No, but it was incredibly simple. It was just, it was it was just so well done, and you believe the characters. They, I mean, when they did Kingpin, how they got inside him as this broken little boy and then eventually raised him up to be the monster we expect that was brilliant yet it was such it was such a simple it's all about execution yeah it's, absolutely don't worry about being original just execute well and you will be fine yeah and and respect your audience treat when they do come to you with something even if it's a criticism if it's if it's constructive like they were hitting me up early like your sound effects are too high you got to drop that level cuz we're losing some of the dialogue early on and i went back and listened i'm like you know what i don't yeah and and it just sometimes gets past you early and you and you can't be like well this is mine and you're attacking me involved no you have to just list it and be like they're in it too they want it to be better because they're fans they're not criticizing you because they don't care you know they're criticizing you because they want it to be better just like you do oh absolutely and we talked earlier about not changing your your vision because of your audience that's different Right. Like if if your intro music is too loud or too long, or oh you know, god, too long, all of them. Oh, one piece of advice for every podcast show out there: ten seconds, cut it off. If your intro music is going past ten seconds, cut it off. No one cares. We're all looking around, trying to make that left hand a turn. We've forgotten about you. We think you're the radio. Keep it short. 
<laughs> off the soapbox now. Or at least put in a time link that can be easily skipped. Because like most yes. podcasters have a 15 or 30 second jump. So don't make it 47 seconds. Where no. it's, <laughs> Don't be a dick. Make it simple. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. I appreciate that that comment. So I feel like we've done a pretty good job of talking about God's fall and, and your history and where it's going. Um, I do have one question left from uh, from Reddit. Please. Apparently, someone missed what was going on with the turtles. They said <laughs> something with a meteor, but what what happened to the turtles? So can you uh, fill us in in case we missed that? Well, there were some. There, I mean, some turtles died. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. There was a loss of turtle life, but you can be rest assured that the majority of the turtles were safe and sound. Doro rescued several of them, and that Oliver, our main turtle, who unfortunately won silver in his competition and not gold, was hand carried back to the young girl by a servant that Friday sent and that everyone's fine and uh, all the all the turtles with names are healthy and well. How about that? Okay, well, <laughs> well, you you kind of dropped earlier that there was a dragon turtle coming. There so is I just a dragon maybe turtle. Maybe the, the, this turtle calamity here might have some <laughs> ramifications beyond the obvious? Yes, I, I think I may be a little turtle obsessed. I think it's kind of my <laughs> fault. But there was also, it, it, it makes it, it, it makes sense because there was, there was a strong emotional a connection with one of the characters to the turtles. So when he uses a different ability later on, that's why he, it's a long thing, but it makes sense when you hear it. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, I've, again, I thank you so much for your time. I'm a fan of what you do. Um, you. I think just amazing podcast and the editing top notch. I'm very excited about your new audio setup uh, so that hopefully we'll be able to, those voice pickups will be a little bit clearer and you can go crazy with the audio and the Foley because you, you can manipulate a little bit better. Absolutely. Uh, but if you guys are not listening to God's fall, which you probably are, but if you're not, please go check them out. So feel free here. Where all can they find you? Where, you know, where are they going to find your stuff? I would say go to godsfall.com. There's links to everything there. There's, there's link to the iTunes page to Stitcher. You can listen to them right there through the SoundCloud app, but also we have maps and we have character designs and we have lots of imagery that'll help you kind of walk you through the world. So I would just say, go to the website. Everything's right there. Okay. And then again, you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Mm -hmm. you're on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything that's a thing. And it's all slash God's Fall. If they search that, they're going to find you. Yeah. Well, there's there's one other thing. There's like a God's Fall RPG that was like some, I'm not sure what happened. It was like something like last year that a guy started to to create that was like a custom the RPG thing. That's not us. <laughs> Otherwise, that it's all us. <laughs> but it could be great. Who knows? I mean, yeah. you, you find that, stick around, read it. It might, it might be interesting. Right. Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Well, uh, before we get out of here, last chance, is there anything I didn't ask about the show or about your history? Anything you just want to share or anything you want to plug? Yeah, there's one thing I would like to share, actually. I'm a high school dropout. I dropped out of high school in 11th grade. I've had a single moment of training or education beyond them. Every single thing I do with camera work and editing and audio is all self-taught. Anyone can do what I do. Anyone can create what I create. And the most enjoyment I get out of making this podcast is hearing other people do that exact thing. So don't let anyone tell you that they can't. And don't let whatever professionalism you think I have acquired get in the way of you trying it out. Because you you can do exactly what I can do. And you can probably make it sound better. So all you need is a microphone. You need a a 12-second intro music. And don't be afraid to edit stupid dick jokes out. And never sleep again. That's what you need to do. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, before I actually let you go, 
Uh, there is one last thing we have to accomplish here. Sure. Is if, if you've been listening to our show and tell episodes, we have started playing a little game with our guests. It's a little choose your own adventure. I've been excited for this all show, by the way. He told me about this earlier, and I was like, ooh, I can't wait. All right, well, hopefully it won't be a letdown. But but the story so far, because we've only done this with a few people. We're still kind of early on. Uh, but your class was chosen. You are a wizard. Okay. And you were sent off on your first mission. You're, you're an apprentice wizard, and your master sent you on a uh, test of courage to go into a nearby cave and explore. Okay. And early on, you knew that there was supposedly a secret passage into the this cave network. And knowing that this was a test of courage, you decided to go right in the front door, which was the correct choice because it was a test of courage. However, once you went inside the, the cave, your master's word or voice came to you and said that the test of courage has now passed, but you still need to explore this cave network. There are other tests in front of you. And then you were presented a choice. You had four items of power that you could choose from. One was a lantern with red light. One was a dagger that was really sharp. One was a scroll. And there was an onyx pebble. And that is what you chose. So the only thing you've taken with you into this cave, other than your wits, is an onyx pebble. Okay. You've been exploring the cave network for about an hour. You've gone through different twists and turns and uh, it's gone up and down and sloping and so far you've experienced nothing until you round a corner and you hear some voices coming out of the darkness towards you and you're a you know you're a wizard so you've studied language so you recognize this as goblin voices okay so there are two goblins coming towards you so this is your point of the story what are you going to do are you going to try to hide from the goblins or are you going to try to fight the goblins i'm gonna have to say that until I have more information, and they are intelligent creatures, and I feel as a wizard, I'd be a little bit more in tune. I'm going to hide and wait. Okay. So anybody wants to know how this works out for our wizard, you'll have to listen to episode 10 of Show and Tell as we progress the story forward. Awesome. Sir, thank you so much for your time. I do really thank you for having me. appreciate it. You know, Again, congratulations on all this success. But I look forward to keeping up with the story, uh, all the success in the world. I know we, we have chatted about trying to do something collaborative. Hopefully at some point in the future that will happen. That'd be amazing. And then I'm, I'm going to throw one quick plug for ourselves out as a catacon. Uh, I tried to get you to show up. I don't think it's going to work Sorry. this year. Uh, but I actually, I will use this show to announce that we do have two new special guests that have signed on board. And it's actually DM Chris and DM Mitch, Dungeon Masters Block. They are going to come and hang out and play some games with us as well for a catacon. So that is super exciting news. Oh, fantastic. Those guys are excellent. And they their show is the reason why I made God's Fall. One of the primary reasons why I went ahead and did it. So those guys are fantastic. Yes. If you are if you haven't listened to that, I'll just throw a plug for them. If you haven't listened, it's a great podcast. They're also still fairly new, about 30 episodes in. Uh, they're all about inspiring people to play. They share their experiences at the table. They kind of have like a longer term DM and a newer DM. And uh, they just they also have some amazing guests on there. <clears throat> on occasion, yes, they uh, they've had some amazing guests uh, that that shared some experience as well. So please check them out. So um, thank you so much for your time. My Have pleasure. a great night, and we will talk to you soon. Awesome, man. You as well. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. 
the podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.